podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Friday in an international break where very little is happening. But there is international football to keep you entertained if that is what you would like to watch. Uh, I know it's not for everybody, but there were a couple of decent games last night. The Netherlands beat Poland 2-0 and... Virgil van Dijk put Robert Lewandowski in his pocket, so that was interesting to watch. Um, a decent display from the Dutch. Van Dijk, the only player that we would have real interest in, obviously. But, you know, Frankie de Jong and Tayan Koopminers looked decent together in midfield. Cody Gakbo, Memphis Depay and Steven Bergwijn looked lively in attack. And the Dutch are, I think, a bit of a dark horse for the World Cup. Now... They will need Virgil to be at his absolute best. They will need their squad to perform to its maximum capability and they'll need certain things to break the right way for them. I have concerns over the goalkeeper. Pasphere is 38 years of age and last night was his first cap and he may well go into the tournament as the first choice keeper because Jasper Sillison has fallen off in recent years and there isn't really another option. It's uh, quite a strange situation that the Dutch find themselves in where there isn't a goalkeeper sort of under the age of 33 who they feel is good enough to play. Um, Virgil came out afterwards and said, look, my form hasn't been great this season. I know that. I've said before, I think he's playing within himself because I don't think he wants to risk an injury which isn't ideal for the club, but it is understandable from his point of view. This is his one and only chance to captain his nation in his prime at a World Cup. He will likely go in four years' time. Hard to see why he wouldn't, but he won't be in his prime by then. He didn't get to play at the Euros. That was a huge thing for him. He was the captain and he was injured and he wasn't ready to ready to go. So this is hugely important for him. And you know, he given what he has done for us, I do think we can allow him three or four months of just easing his way through games to get to that World Cup, play at his best, show what he's capable of. And then when he comes back, my assumption will be that Virgil will be back to what he was last season, which was the best defender in the world and potentially even back to what he was pre-injury, which was genuinely one of the six or seven best central defenders the game has ever seen. So you've got that. Uh, Andy Robertson has spoken about how he would like to finish his career with Liverpool. 
But he's also talked about an alternative if the option to stay at Liverpool is not there for him. And that, of course, would be to go and play for Celtic. I would love to see Andy Robertson go back to Celtic in a couple of years. Not at 34, 35, and he says that himself. I'd, I'd like to see him go there at 30, 31. That's both a biased Celtic fan opinion. And also, from a Liverpool point of view, I think we should stop being as sentimental with our players. Now, Robbo will be 29 in March. I believe he's contracted until 2025. That would bring him to 31. And at that point, I think we should be thanking him for everything he's done for us and sending him up the road to Celtic. It makes finding a long-term successor important. I know people will look at Costas, but Costas himself is 26, will be 27 in May, will be 29 by the time you'd be looking at moving Robbo on, and isn't going to be a long-term fixture at that point himself. And he may not still be at the club by then. He may have decided to move on. So I think that's going to have to be a priority, not for this summer, but for, not for this coming summer, but for 2024, I do think finding the long-term fixture at left-back is going to be something very important for us. Following on from this series of articles that this is Anfield have been running, we have Liverpool FC top 10 free kick takers from Alexander-Arnold to Suarez. Uh, Tommy Smith in 10th. He scored six. Not bad for a defender. Not bad at all. Hit it really hard and hope for the best. Uh, Danny Murphy in ninth. Danny Murphy was an overrated free kick taker. He was, he was decent, but he was overrated. Gary McAllister was tremendous. Jimmy Case could absolutely rifle a ball. Trent in sixth. Coutinho in fifth. Aurelio in fourth. I feel like that might be a little bit high. I don't know that you could really make an argument that Aurelio was better than Trent or Coutinho. Uh, Gerard in third. John Barnes in second. And Luis Suarez, number one. And I I do feel like Suarez is the best that we've had. He was just ridiculously good from free kicks. Uh, I feel like Jan Molby scored a couple of free kicks for us and probably should be on this list. Uh, John Arnorisa may be deserving as well, but this isn't a bad list at all. There's also a top 10 penalty takers. So number 10 is Mark Walters. Took six, scored six. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Mark Walters was a talented but inconsistent player. Um, one of Sunes's sign signings. I believe he'd been at Rangers with Sunes before he came to Liverpool. Um, he had. He'd been there four years. He'd come through the Aston Villa Academy. Was at Villa when they won the European Cup. And 
didn't play any part, obviously, but was, was there. Um, went to Rangers, came to Liverpool, had a lot of injuries. He was a bit of a weird signing for us because he was a left winger and we had Barnes, but Barnes had gotten injured with the, the Achilles tear and you'd assume that was the logic behind that one, that Barnes was going to move into a more central role. Uh, went on to Southampton, Swindon, and then finished off at Bristol. Actually played all the way through till 2002. Mark Walters was a good player, underappreciated. Uh, Tommy Smith scored 32 of, sorry, scored 22 of 32. Not a great record, it must be said. Six, just under 69%. I think the average is about 75% of penalties are scored, so it's not great, but for a defender, it's it's not bad. Uh, Billy Little took 45, scored 34. 75.6. That is about the average, I think. 75.6. Uh, Danny Murphy scored all eight that he took. Murphy was a good penalty taker. Salah has scored 23 of 26. And is obviously the current first choice penalty taker. And he has improved immensely as a penalty taker over the years. Uh, Milner scored 19 of 21. I'm not really sure Milner's a better penalty taker than Salah. Had it not been for Salah's arrival, Milner would surely have more penalty goals for his name. No, because he wouldn't be in the team. He'd be sitting on the bench anyway. Uh, Phil Neal, he was very reliable for us, but still missed 13. He scored 38 of 51. Uh, Stephen Gerrard, that's too high in my view. 47 out of 57. Gerard missed some pretty important penalties over the years. John Aldridge scored 17 of 18, missed one, and of course it was an FA Cup final. And then Jan Mulby scored 42 of 45. Mulby, without question, the best penalty taker we've had. Um, there's a there's video going around. Guy is pointing out, to be fair, that Stevie did miss a penalty on purpose which, let's be totally honest, was one of the more important moments of the last 20 years, missing that penalty. Um, yeah, Jan was, Jan was great. There's a video going around of his, of a goal he scored um, back in the 80s, going around Twitter today. If you search Trev Downey's Twitter, he retweeted it. Um he just passes the ball into the net from about 22 yards out. It's a lovely ball by Spackman as well to begin the begin the move, but Mulby's finish is absolutely outrageous stuff. Uh, on Liverpool.com, Liverpool have ideal 63 million scouting chances. Jurgen Klopp continues midfield search. Nicolo Barella will likely play for Italy against England tonight. So do tune in and give that one a watch. Should be a decent game. Barella is, is absolutely fantastic. He is a great, great player. But I do have a bit of a tough time seeing him leave Inter. I, I think he's one that really wants to stay there, really wants to play in his homeland. But he is only 25, and maybe maybe he'd be open to to a move away. He is he's tremendous. He is absolutely tremendous and would be 
a huge upgrade for us on the right-hand side of that midfield. Uh, moving on, best in the world test highlights true Virgil van Dijk ability. This is about going up against Lewandowski last night, and he, he was. Virgil was tremendous in that game. Liverpool may have already had first look at ideal 16.25 million Virgil van Dijk air. <sighs> this is silly. Um, so obviously we played Napoli quite recently and Min Jae Kim, the, the South Korean centre-back, played for Napoli and was impressive. But, I mean, he's just moved there. We're not going to be looking for Virgil's successor for quite a while. As I said before, like, Thiago Silva, at the very peak of his career, wasn't as good as Virgil. Wasn't close to as good as Virgil, in truth. Was very good. Had a couple of great seasons but was never close to Virgil. He is 38 as of yesterday and still playing. He never had Virgil's pace. He never had Virgil's physical dominance. He never had his aerial dominance. But at 38, he's still playing in the Premier League. Now, he's not playing nearly as well as Chelsea fans would make you believe, but he is still playing relatively well most weeks, especially in a three. So there's no reason Virgil couldn't play till 35, 36 for us. None at all. Especially considering he doesn't rely on his pace. Because he reads the game so well. Liverpool could find ideal Andy Robertson transfer air if Jurgen Klopp watches Leroy Sané test. Who is this about? Milos, Milos Kirkes, formerly of AC Milan, now of AZ Alkmaar. 18-year-old Hungarian left-back. Don't know much about him, to be honest. Don't know much about him. Was never likely to get much of a run Ash Milan with the presence of Theo Hernandez, but seems to have made a decent move for himself because, yeah, he seems to be getting quite a bit of hype. Um, yeah, maybe maybe one to keep an eye on. I still think Rayan Ain't Nuri at Wolves is the one to go and get. Like for me, if Costas were to ask to leave next summer, I'd immediately just turn that money into Ain't Nuri. And develop him for a year and then let Robbo leave in 2025. Develop him for two years, it would be. Let Robbo leave in 2025 and have Aiden Uri to step in because at that point he would only be 24, getting ready to enter his best years. And I already think he's he's outstanding. So yeah, Aiton Uri would be the one for me. Liverpool should utilise new 44 million release clauses. FSG can get Barcelona transfer at ideal time. This is about Usman Dembele. Apparently has a 44 million release clause in his new contract at Barca, which is ridiculously low. And he is in 
immense form since probably about January. So, yeah, I think that would be something we should consider anyway. Um, because if he can continue to play like this, then the worries about him are largely going away. He has found consistency. He, he had three issues. Immaturity, injuries, and inconsistencies. The inconsistencies seem to have largely gone away, especially since January. The immaturity, he does seem to have gotten his head on straight. Maybe maybe his contract running out and there not being a stream of offers for him snapped him into a stronger mindset of, oh, I actually need to work for this now. And the injuries can be managed. So, yeah, maybe. Uh, Liverpool possible Jude Bellingham alternative may soon be for sale in 23 million transfer chance. This is about Manu Kane, uh, Manu, Manu Kone, also known as Quadio Kone. Um, he is absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And I would be very much in favour of going and getting him. I think the price would likely be more like 40, but I'd happily pay that. Like, if we wanted to get back to what our midfield used to be, that sort of pace and power, functional midfield, he would be an ideal fit into that. FSG could be about to reacquaint Liverpool with former Jurgen Klopp midfielder and future stars. (coughs) Excuse me. Apparently, FSG are trying at the moment to buy Atletico Mineiro in Brazil. Now, if you remember, they tried to buy Cruzeiro a year ago and a, a different consortium came in and beat them to the punch. Mineiro are their biggest rival and it looks like FSG are now going to try and buy them which can only benefit us in the long run. It can only benefit benefit us in the long run. This is a huge club, like a huge club, one of the biggest clubs in Brazil. And um, they've had a lot of success in recent years. So, yeah, it would be very much a, a move that could benefit us because... You could start to use that as a base to attract the best young talent in South America, bring them in, develop them, and then ship them to Liverpool at, you know, mates rates. On AnfieldIndex.com, there is a new piece up by Stephen Smith. It is entitled, Which Liverpool Players Should Enter Into the Next Phase? Um, so do give that one a read. He goes through the squad and talks about players who could potentially be sold or what the move would be with them. Very, very good. Very, very good. And some some really good suggestions for potential signings as replacements for the players who could be allowed to leave the club. Podcast-wise, Guy and Ollie Emerson had a pro-plus about Thiago, so do give that one a listen. 
there is some Albi Moreno propaganda, which is a staple of Anfield Index. Uh, myself and Carl have scouted up with groups A and B from this coming World Cup. We've also done C and D. That should be out today. So give that one a listen. And Guy and Stephen Smith did Rate Don't Hate Season So Far Ratings. Check that one out as well. And that's it. That is me for the week. I will see you on Monday. Take care of yourselves. Don't do anything silly. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.